0: Right, good morning, everyone. We got episode number 104 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. I'm back in the tank top again because it is hotter than hell out there today. Even with the humidity, it's going to be close, close to 100. The field light's going to like gonna be well over 100. For us northerners, Like we don't do heat like that. So, got to have the tank top, got my fan ready. So today we're going to be talking about mental health, we're going to be talking about chronic illness, we're going to be talking about body image issues. But first, let's talk about me. I hit the wrong button. That's that's a live stream fail right there. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. That's where you have to eliminate the excuses. You got to make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. All right, so first, I want to thank everyone that's been supporting my new show, We About to Get Deep with Robert B. Foster. I hit the wrong button again, right? So that's on Mondays at 11 a.m., and so people that want to come on to debate me, make sure you're equipped with facts, okay, because the last two, I shredded them both because they brought a knife to a gunfight, right? So if you go to debate, just please look into the topic that we are debating okay so I value all sides all opinions but just know your stuff like don't don't just show up for the sake of arguing all right and so for today so as a fitness coach right let's let's tackle the, the body image issue first as a fitness coach that's one of the things that's the most heartbreaking is when you see predominantly women because men just seem to care less predominantly women constantly beating themselves up over the way they perceive that they look. And I wanna stress, stress on that perceived because a lot of times what you see is not how others see you. And so one thing I try to do in my trainings is, is to get people to look beyond that because it's not even so much what other people think, like it's, it's, it's what you think and how can you improve what you think about you? And it's all about focusing on the wins, focusing on all the positives and then that positive self-talk will, at some point, is going to resonate into your subconscious mind, and then it'll help you out with that, that positive self-image. But we'll, we'll get deeper in, into that when I bring my guest on. And uh, who is this guest you speak of? Well, let's talk about her. So she creates, she educates, and she speaks about what's important to her. Lifestyle, mental health, body image, and chronic illness. She's a seasoned photographer with 10 plus years experience. You would never believe that because she looks light like she's 16. And creating assets for leading brands. I She is passionate about collaborating and producing content for nonprofits to expand her impact globally. So before I bring her on, I want to just share the power of the media. So I have a couple articles in Authority Magazine. And so they sent out a list of other topics that you can apply to write on. And as I'm scrolling through, so I found a topic that I could speak on and I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. And then I see this bright, bright smile and it was my guest, right? So that's what made me stop and actually look at the article. And then as I got into the content of the article, I was like, I have to have her on the show because <laughs> you know, this is the stuff that we do. So I reached out and a lot of times it's a long shot. Like you reach out to people, and they just ghost you, <laughs> you know. There's no no response, no nothing. But she got back to me pretty quickly. You know, we dialogued back and forth. I jumped on to some of her her live streams. You know, went through her website to see what she's all about. And I think this is going to be a very insightful conversation. So I'm very pleased to welcome Gigi Robinson. Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you so much for that glowing introduction. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. But but yeah, that's really what it was. It was that smile that caught me. <laughs> you know how people get like that really serious face and you know their serious head headshots and yours were just just bright, you know, just bright big smile. I was like, Oh I was like, she looks interesting. <laughs> here, we, here we are. <laughs> so funny how that works.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it is very funny how social media works to really connect people. But as Robert said, we'll get into this and why that's really important and how you can leverage it to make a positive impact.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, wait, where are you joining us from?
1: I am joining you all from the Bronx, New York. Oh, the Bronx. Um, everyone is everyone is always shocked at that. But I'm like, hey, we got to break that stereotype. The Bronx is awesome. Um, but New York City is also awesome. I'm in the yes. city frequently for doctor's appointments, unfortunately. But uh, regardless, okay. I love New York City. It's my home, uh, born and raised here. I went to college out uh, in California in Los Angeles. But besides that, I'm a New York City girl at heart.
0: Love it. College in LA. Yeah. All right. All right. So that first question that I ask every guest: Who is Gigi?
1: Gigi is a. Actually, I'm. I'm gonna restart. Gigi <laughs> Robinson is a creative thinker, um, you know, creative innovator, a Gen Z thought leader and speaker, and she's based in New York City. She creates assets for global brands and has fun while being a full-time patient and is very overly ambitious, but in the best way. And she uses all of that as uh, motivation to keep going. Love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. And, and I, I would say the reason why I started over instead of just saying who is Gigi and referring to myself as just my first name, um, there's this TikTok I actually watched the other day about kind of taking up the space that you need to hold. And I think that in in stating like, I am Gigi Robinson, like that's a name that like, I want people to know. I don't want them to know me as just Gigi, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, think of like Kylie Jenner. Kim Kardashian, right? Like a yeah. lot of celebrities and public figures are known as like their first and second name. And I just, I it was like a psychology, th- it was, a, I was on psychology TikTok and I saw this and I was like, wow, this is actually really fascinating. I'm going to declare my space and that's that. So anyone listening, <laughs> make sure that you're showing up and you're introducing yourself by first and last name and honoring your presence.
0: I love it. Yeah, like I always say, Robert B. Foster always. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, no, now
0: mm-hmm. th- there was no deeper psych- psychological reason than I just like my name.
1: <laughs> that could work too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted all all being heard. <laughs> all right. So, what was your childhood dream?
1: My childhood dream, believe it or not, I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. Oh, nice.
0: What What inspired that?
1: Um, well, I was competitively swimming and my parents just had me in like swim and I loved it. And then I was like doing all the meets and stuff at camp and I was so fast and no one could realize why I was so fast, Mm. but it turned out it was my chronic illness that made me fast. Um, because I have what's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome a hypermobility connective tissue disorder. So my joints and my body are overly hypermobile. So that means that they just have like a crazy range of motion. So I was like the best at freestyle and butterfly uh, because my shoulders could (laughs) do like a full (laughs) rotation. And um, the doctors were like, you can't swim anymore. And I was like, damn. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what what was their reason?
1: Um. Well, if if I were to keep competitively swimming, it would cause me to, like need surgeries in my shoulders, um, and it would wear down like the connective tissue around the shoulder joint. So, um, I took up art. So it was just a redirection for me, which was great, which yes. led me to where I am today. But uh, yeah, I was definitely a little bit sad about that idea of swimming and you know being a competitive swimmer i don't know i don't know why but i i don't know that was just my dream at one point not anymore but certainly at one point
0: yeah like very i don't want to say very similar because i don't have hypermobility issues but but i want, i wanted to be in the olympics for track and field and i actually hurt hurt my knee you know trying to qualify for, for the olympics in uh 90 92 yeah, I ended up overextending and jammed up, jammed up my knee. Battled back the next year, but then I jammed my knee again. <laughs> so, but believe it or not, I actually still compete competitively, competitively now at almost forty-seven. But just Ooh. you know, I know my limits now, though. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to not trying to break records or anything. I just do enough to to place or, or win and then I back off. <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas, you know, a couple of decades ago it's like yeah. I'll break a limb to, to get this gold. <laughs> so,
1: right. Yeah. 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 I um I actually used to enter my photography into competitions as well. Um but for me the gold was getting up in the gallery space. It wasn't a medal. Um, and that's I think part of where I channeled my competitive energy of like how can I create the best image according to a prompt so a lot of times these competitions would be like the first one that I won was called simplicity and complexity and um, I have the artwork but it's not in here so I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to show it to you today but um, I shot this photo of myself it was a self-portrait in a barn. Um, And for those listening that know the famous painter, Andrew White, um, you know, this photo really resembled that. And a lot of these people (laughs) judging the competition are like hedge fund managers. And um, just to give you some more context, in New York City, there's this art after-school art program called Arts Connection. It was a nonprofit and they had a separate branch called the uh, Teen Art Competition Contest, something, something along the lines of that, where basically they would go to hedge fund offices and law firm offices here in New York City, and they would curate an exhibition based off of a prompt with student artwork so that they weren't just buying like manufactured art. And it would be there for a couple of months or six months or a year or something. And then you would get your art framed back. Um, And, you know, it wasn't at no cost. There was like a, I think $100 gift card for every time that you got your piece in. And it was crazy because I, I don't want to brag, but I got, I got in like eight times uh, nice onto eight brag. of my competitions, Yeah. And awesome. that's the money I used to buy my Nikon D810 to help me land more deals and, um, you know, continue in my photography pursuits. But, um, you know, that was definitely one of the real, real interesting ones. And again, that was based on um, the first one I won was Simplicity and Complexity. And um, there's actually this photo of me and uh, this comedian Sarah Silverman. I don't know if you've heard oh, of yeah. her, yeah. Um, and she actually owns one of my. She owns that piece of mine that Arts Connection gifted awesome. to her um, at this gala. I'm mean, gonna I have to like go and find that. But yeah, it was it was definitely <laughs> definitely really interesting.
0: <laughs> That's great. So so how so the hypermobility issue was that something you were born with
1: yeah it's a genetic disorder so um cannot change it unfortunately it is how it is
0: okay all right so how, how does that limit you
1: um i would say that it's it's limiting in the sense that like doing a lot of things like sitting down um going for a walk sometimes like swimming like i can't do any contact sports which as a 23 year old adult like i don't really have the need to do it unless i'm like tossing a frisbee around with a friend um but i am not like a competitive sports person after they told me i couldn't swim they also said like you can't do sports so then when i was in like middle school and high school I had to sit out in gym and like do physical therapy on the side while everyone else mm. played like dodgeball or like basketball or whatever it was at the time during school. Um, and that was frustrating because everyone's always like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Leave me alone." <laughs> um,
0: did, did that mess with your self esteem?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely did. Um, I would also say like me and who I am today is almost the complete opposite of who I used to be. Um, and I think that's like the beauty of like growing into yourself and growing up is that you you do change and you do go through things to become like something better. It's the idea of like planting a seed and then blossoming into a flower, or whatever, that whole thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely hard. I was actually a very shy person Um, up until honestly probably the past like two or three years. Um, And I I would thank social media for that of just like making me like shoot my shot and like just like be out there as much as I can. But um, yeah, I used to be very shy (laughs) I was like, I don't know why, I think the second though that I got that taste of like sharing my voice and sharing my perspective and knowing that it was valuable was like the second I saw a shift in being vocal about it and making sure that I could communicate and talk to people as much as I could about my experience.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. Like I'm starting a program now. Oh, my sister says, good morning. <laughs> I'm starting a program now teaching people how to overcome the fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of, one of the biggest things I hear is that people don't think what they have to share is valuable, and as you see, it it says up above us: your true power lies in your story. You know, so I help people people realize that because a lot of people who are shy or who are afraid of public speaking, that's what it is because they haven't really realized that their life experiences can help someone else. You yeah, know? And, and just hearing hearing you having having a dream having an Olympic dream. You know, like that that shows that you have you have that competitive spirit within you. And then to be told that that dream can never become reality, but you still took that drive and made something, and I, I would dare to say even better out of it, because now you're inspiring people around the world. So hats off to you.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And yeah, I, I would encourage anyone, if you can, at a young age, I don't know what your demos of who's listening here um but like take a public speaking class like if you have linkedin or linkedin learning um you can just go on listen you could watch countless free youtube videos on public speaking you can read essays on it um i started public speaking a while ago um, sorry there's like a bug outside my windows
0: <laughs> i was wondering <laughs> what was. you were looking
1: at <laughs> yeah um i live i live right on the water in the hudson river so Sometimes there's very mysterious things going on outside my window. But anyway, back to what I was saying, I am um, in high school, you know, they make you, and I think like, you know, whenever you have a presentation, it's like go up and talk about it. And you're talking about a book or, you know, something, you're presenting your art. Um, also I did get my BFA um, at USC and I would say I spent, Three and a half years listening to people tell me what was wrong with my work or tell me what was right. That's a whole that's what you that's what happens in a BFA, like it or not. Um you're just basically fine arts. Yeah, yeah, fine arts, graphic design and photo. So um the whole you're literally just making stuff to have people shit on it. (laughs) Also compliment (laughs) it, but I would say the that like oh this could be better like you know it's about like i think like public criticism but you're essentially presenting something in real life um and then people are saying like hey this could be better this isn't as good as it could be that's really interesting and like creating this dialogue and i really do think that part of that is what helped me learn how to become like the the speaker i am today
0: of it, yes. Yeah, so, to 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 add on to that too. Like people, people can speak about things that they're comfortable with. You know, you right. go, you go see a movie, and then you, the movie was great or or it sucked, either extreme. But you go and you tell other people about that movie, it rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Know? But but for someone like either one of us, like, I'm not an astrophysicist. So if I got asked to speak on astrophysics, I'd be like, uh, you know, it's like that, that's not my lane. <laughs> so, so like right. in, in my lane, I'll put myself up, up against anyone when it comes to speaking, but in my lane. Yeah. So, uh, right, so I think, right,
1: right.
0: yeah, so I think a big thing people have to realize, no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, someone out there is going to talk about you. and and then once you realize that their opinion doesn't matter
1: Mm. that that's when
0: you can go ahead and move forward because like when i started my my debate show people like oh aren't you worried about trolls in the backlash i'm like no but i I, like we need to have healthy discussions about tough topics i said yeah Yeah. if some people don't like my stance that's their problem (laughs) like that's not mine
1: absolutely (laughs) Yeah, one of my, one of I think my quotes when I started all this social media stuff was like, it's not my problem or responsibility um, to hold space for your opinion on me. Like, um, I think the healthy discussions about these difficult topics, absolutely worthy. And you can hear somebody out, but it's also like their opinion. And it also should not like be internalized by you. Um, I think I, I spent so long and so much of my time and also I'm 23 years old. So, um, I, I don't want to sound like, (laughs) like this, like wisdom pot when I'm only 23, but of, of my experience, like going through like some really traumatic things in middle school, um, just with friends and then in high school was like somewhat good, but I was very quiet. And then College, I had some friends really confront a lot of what was going on with my chronic illness, but I was taking all those things so personally. And, you know, I think everybody should be the main character of their life and they should be, you know, it's your life, do what you want with it. But at the same time, like, if your friends can't support you at a certain time, literally, like, you can't take it personally. And I think when I was really struggling, I was looking for support, but I took it so personally that. I, I, you know, I don't know, like, maybe it caused me to react a certain way. Maybe it caused me to have a more difficult time healing. But back to that, that thing about other people's opinions, like, you're not the center of other people's lives, like the same way you're the main character of your own life, they are theirs. And you unfortunately, or fortunately have supporting people, and they have you as a supporting person. And it's like this mutually beneficial, like, relationship at least it should be in a, in a healthy friendship um and obviously when some boundaries are crossed like that's when you have to get rid of people and that can be really difficult as well
0: Yes, and don't sell yourself short. Like just because you're twenty, twenty-three, t- told you. I've listened to, to se- several of your videos, and you you got you have a really good head on your shoulders. So oh, wisdom, thank you. Wisdom comes in all forms. Because tr- trust me, yeah. there are pe- there are people my age that can not talk themselves out of a brown <laughs> thing
1: <today. laughs> you <know, Well>, so. <laughs> I I also think it's interesting actually that you bring that up because when I was around like sixteen, when I had only done like photography for couple of years I was I would say very in my amateur stage but like could still get a good photo um and still knew how to like shoot on manual and everything I've been shooting on manual since I was like 15 years old which is I think cool uh, I don't mm-hmm. shoot on auto at all and you know I had people telling me like oh you can't charge that much because you're 16 you can't charge that much because you're you know not a professional you didn't have your degree and I'm like are you kidding me? So this is a good reminder to me to pump the brakes a little. Like I'm <laughs> like my, uh, I guess my, my knowledge is, knowledge is power, even if it's from yeah. a different perspective. Yes, it's,
0: it's true. And and when it comes to that stuff, they're putting their limitations on you. <laughs> so I caught you in mid-sip.
1: <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. And, that should be something that's like, again, it's not personal. Like, I'm sorry that you can't see my worth. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well,
0: that's yeah. so true. And, and once people realize that, I mean, I had to go through that myself. When I first left the restaurant business and went into fitness, I, I used to charge 50 bucks a month because I didn't know any better. <laughs> you know? And
1: Yeah. And,
0: and like now I, pro- I charge four times the amount what I used to charge for an hour of training for a half an hour. Just right. Like- one of those things, like who the who the hell are they to tell me how much my, my services are worth?
1: Right, absolutely. <laughs> I am a hundred percent here with you on that, and I think that that's something going on right now. There's a lot of like, yeah, uh, I want to say like a lot of interesting dialogues between brands and creators. Um, whether you're a creative producer, whether you're a fashion blogger, whether you are you know a photographer, um, promoting products and things on, on social media pages, there's like this really big, um, how should I word this? (laughs) I don't, it's not a fight, um, but there's this common knowledge of creators are freelancing. And I think there's such a big influx all of a sudden in the past year of like creative freelancers posting more ads and working with brands and realizing like, oh, I can get like 2k just for like shooting assets and posting them on my social pages but also part of the problem lies I think ethically and morally which is what got me into this concept of social media literacy in the first place um is really like are you doing it for a paycheck which is fine I get it I've been there I've done that um or are you doing it because you believe in the brand and the brand's morals and you love a product and that is something that's like very difficult to decipher, I think. Yes. And on top of that, you know, declaring your worth there, like there's some brands that are literally like, Hey, here's the sunglasses. Um, we're going to send them to you and you can make some photos for us. And you can also post it to your audience permanently on your page. And we also have whitelisting rights to your, to your content, which means that they can put a very large budget behind the free work that you made for them to their benefit and um it's definitely a really it's really i think interesting it's complicated and it's hard because some brands simply like i get it like if you don't have the viewership that they are looking for then they won't see a value in you if you don't have you know 100k on Instagram or something, they don't want it. Um, on top of that, there's a lot of things that go, that go on back and forth. That's like, how can you declare your worth? Um, I personally am like, look, everyone, I shoot with my Nikon D810. I'm not shooting iPhone stuff, which again, totally fine, totally separate workflow. As a photographer and creative producer, like this is my best friend. You saw I just grabbed it. It's out all the time. I'm using it almost every single day. Um, this whole cabinet back here is filled with gear uh, that I just I use throughout my day throughout my workflow. And that's something that brands don't see. They just think, oh, yeah, you went out on a picnic and you just took some pictures. Mm. And it's, it's like, whoa, 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 buddy, like I've got 10 years of experience. I've got a BFA. I've got I'm getting my master's of science. Like, I'm not. You're not just paying for a, a spot on my page. You're also paying for the assets, the production, um, the creative direction, and not to mention the education behind it, and like knowing how to even take like a high quality asset. So, and your passion. Uh, right, right, and my passion, and my time.
0: Yeah, yep, it's yeah, See, that's true. See, that's one thing. That's one thing, especially as a speaker too. How people. People definitely they judge they judge the book by its cover, which they de- they definitely shouldn't. Like here in Rhode Island, I went to it to an event. Now I told you, I'm I'm a fitness business owner, so I wear tank tops all the time, <laughs> right, all the time. Yeah. So when I'm out and about, like and they they have my logo and stuff on them. I I have sweatpants with the logo, you know, hoodies. So everywhere I go, that's what I wear. And so I went to this event, and I walk in, and everybody's got suits on. Right, and I have sweatpants on, and you can cut the judgment with a knife, right? You really could. Mm-hmm. Just people just looking up and down, like who's this guy? Why? Why is this guy here? And by the end of it, everybody came to me for my business card. Every single mm-hmm. person. I was like, see? I said, don't think I didn't catch the judgment when I walked in the door. Like <laughs> I actually said that before I left. You know, they were all laughing. I said, so I got a lot of stuff up here. I said, you can't, you can't just think, you know, assume a certain something until you actually hear what what comes out. But they were all all blown away.
1: Yeah, I think also that idea of like accepting people's judgment with open arms is like, for the most part, I think obviously again, just brush it off, let them think what they're gonna think. Like, so what, like you're in the gym one day and somebody looks at you funny, like, okay. <laughs> that problem is that person is probably insecure, or like if they're if they're judging you negatively, insecurity. If they're judging you positively, great, you have a compliment out of it. Um, yeah. If they don't say anything to you, then somebody just looked at you funny, and you're gonna have a great workout. Like <laughs> that's what that's what I think. But I also think sometimes that like in a more I think like debating or like in a more conversational environment, if somebody's judging you, I think that's the moment where you can like sit down and say like. Oh, is this like somebody being mean, or like is their prerogative to hurt me, or are they trying to critique me and my work? And if they are trying to critique it, maybe there is some kind of lesson or benefit that you can learn from it. Um, this is also again coming from a fine arts person who had a significant amount of <laughs> other people's like opinions projected onto me and my work, and and likewise, like I would look at people's work and. That that's the thing they teach you transparency there, and I think that's what has actually made it so easy for me to tell, um, like what people do with their assets on social media and understand if it's bullshit for lack of a better words or if it's actually something that they care about. Um, and it's really it's really interesting. And I see down here we have someone saying that you're judged because you're a woman, and I I also feel as though I am judged very often for being a woman um the other day I had a meeting and somebody called me just an influencer and I was like Mm. I bet you I bet you if I was like a male youtuber or something that they would call me like a filmmaker (laughs) and I was just like I was like oh my god or like even a photographer or a model right like but instead I was just an influencer to them. And I, I literally cut this person off and I said, you know what? I really do appreciate you, but I'm going to have to stop you. I'm not just an influencer. Um, I'm a public speaker. I'm a master's student. I hold a BFA. I'm a creative producer. I have my own brand. I, you know, like what, what, what's going on here? I'm also an author, which is something very exciting that I'm going to share later on. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, I was, I I think also you just have to like be firm in your own self and not let, again, like that judgment from other people affect your light and like who you are. Because if you do, then it's going to like tear you apart and you're going to spend all your time thinking like, how can I fight this? When you should just be saying, wow, I feel sorry for that person. They can't see my greatness. like
0: There it is there it is cuz I, I was waiting for you to say something like that cuz as you were talking i just w- would have said then you obviously don't know me and i would have left it at that <laughs> you know it's like yeah. nobody no nobody deserves me to explain myself to them no yeah. one just my mom that's it <laughs> As I explain myself to anybody else,
1: <laughs> so. oh, that's funny. That's funny.
0: <laughs> you know, but again, you know, you're one year older than my son, so I have some some time on you, likewise. And and I just noticed in my feistier days, I would do that. Like I would would have to, you know, pro- project that. Hey, no, I'm A B C D E, and now I'm like, if if that's what you think, then you don't know me, and because mm-hmm. you don't know me, you can't offend me. You know, plain and simple. Yeah. You just leave it there. So, I want to get to the Gen, the Gen Z thought leader. What does that mean?
1: So, there's a couple of things. There's this concept of being a Gen Zer, which is just the generation that I was born within. Um, I was born in '98, so technically anything over '95, I believe, is considered Gen Z or '96. I could be wrong um before it was the the millennials so I just missed just missed that generation and um I feel like at least like in media like that Gen Z starts like in the 2000s but I guess I was wrong so I was like I think I am a Gen Z -er, like I'm not a millennial so um anyway there's there's that and I Mm -hmm. fall under that. The other aspect of it, in terms of thought leadership, which for anyone listening, you could look up the literal definition of it if you really need to. But um, it's it's having and recognizing patterns within um, systems or society or even like relationships that you have with people, and then kind of like using all of that. I think uh, what what's word like the research and doing the research behind all of these patterns and collectively kind of making work about it that can help and impact people. So something that I specifically have done, which is really interesting if you listen to me on other shows before, um, I'll briefly touch on it here. I don't wanna bore you, but <laughs> I started out with this uh, this interest in body image and the way that the body was captured in media. Um, Quite literally, when I was 16, I had a photo book um, that I made. And it was like my project. Our teacher was like, you guys need to make books. And I was like, okay. So I went and I photographed a lot of my friends. And I put them on magazine covers. Like I, I found the fonts that Vogue uses and that Harper's Bazaar uses. And like I made all of these covers and I made it into a photo book. So flash forward to my freshman year of college, two and a half years later, um, I decide that I want to do another project on body image and media. It was called I'm not a supermodel or no, it was called I feel like a supermodel. Sorry. And it was about like, you know, breaking the stigma of needing to be 5'10 and a size zero and all of that stuff. So I photographed all my friends who are, I mean, they're, they're all beautiful, gorgeous, lovely people. But um, in the context of the modeling industry, they're not that standard. So it was a small docu-series and a series of portraits. Flash forward now, four years later, I'm still making work about body image. It's just I'm speaking about it in a more intelligent way. So what was the pattern the whole time? A lot of women and men, Um, because I am a woman and I identify as woman, I feel like a lot of my, uh, my pattern searching that I found has been primarily Uh, about women, but that is not limited to in any way. I accept all people here. So, um, and I, I have seen a big pattern with this of like, why is it that we need like certain people in media? Why is it that we're not representing certain people in media? It's certainly gotten better, but I know there's more that we can do. And on top of that, with the media that we consume, in relation to body image and photo manipulation of like people, oh, yeah. primarily and predominantly celebrities and like athletes, I would say, and public figures. Um, that's, that's the place where you can start to do more research on how those images affect people and their body image and their mental health. So that is where the thought leadership comes in of saying, here's this pattern. I see it not only in social media and magazines, but in TV ads and movies. Um and ma- yeah, magazines, TVs, movies, anywhere you get your media and you're consuming yeah. these things, Um, publications essentially. You're looking at people whose bodies or faces are altered and also not to mention under like a lot of light, makeup, mm. posing, wardrobe, all of those things go into making a really beautifully crafted image. I personally believe that no image needs retouching Um, you can do everything you need to do with light and the camera gear and makeup and posing as a photographer. I also know that. So I have that education behind me to say, like, I know exactly how this image was made and where the lights are based on, you know, the shadows and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I can go and say like, okay, if this image that was altered made you feel bad, like what made you feel bad about it? And just kind of like working on that. And then from there, I think the next part of the mission is calling it out and showing people, hey, to make this image, like even like recreating some images, which I don't know, I don't really have time to do that anymore. But in the past, I would like, you know, try to recreate an image as best I could just to prove a point. And um, it, it does really... It, it affects people because they just think it was like a beautifully crafted photo like that. But there's so much work that goes into it and it really can affect people's self-esteem. So my goal in the near future is to somehow get notices on all publications that something was physically altered um, or on Instagram. Like I, I've said this before, but there is literally no reason why we can't have that disclaimer on our photos when the 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 algorithm and this machine of social media can pick up if we're talking about the pandemic or we're talking about the election yeah. like there's literally no re- it's bs that they yeah. can't pick it up so um and the thing that's so important you can look up doves had some campaigns they've always done their i think dove um what is it dove real i don't know you'll have to look it up they just did a campaign about how um these facial recognition um and face altering apps like are affecting people's self-esteem so now there's even some brands that can get behind it that are making commercials about it so i think that's interesting but we need to get to a point where not only are brands making the the point of saying here's this face altering thing here's how it affects people but hey we acknowledge that this is a problem and we're going to stop altering people and just show you people as they are from now on. That's where I think um, a lot of the thought leadership and um, a lot of the public speaking can come into play of where you're like putting your foot down and saying like, Hey, I won't be interested in looking at any of this from now on. And I want to help other people learn how to have a healthier relationship with the media that they consume. I definitely rambled there, so I'm going to just pause.
0: <laughs> no, no, that was all good stuff. Because, I, I mean, when I work with people, I focus on the self part of self, self-esteem, self you know, just to – just to because, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an accountability coach. So, when, you know, when you're an accountability coach, it's like you take the weight of everything on you, and then, you know, you, you take steps to move forward. So like I work with people, it's like, all right, so if this, if this made you feel uncomfortable, why? What is right. it with what is it within you that didn't resonate with that? And then let's work on that. You know, so I think focusing on the two of them together, you know, we could actually help a, a lot of especially young young females with that. Cause I've coached I've coached girls' sports teams, I've coached women's sports teams, and my clientele is predominant women. You know, so I, I hear it a lot, almost daily, about, about people not wanting to wear a two-piece two-piece bathing suit, or like, oh, I wouldn't be caught wear, wearing that. I wouldn't be caught wearing those pants. And, and it's like, what, what, what are you why fearing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you fearing? Because there are other women on the opposite side of the health spectrum that will rock that in a second. <laughs> you know, so it's like, why, why is she confident enough to do it, but you aren't?
1: You right. Know. And it comes down to like building that self confidence and asking yourself why. Um normally I've got I've got this mirror over there. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> That's oh my god It's so funny good. you never know like what direction. Yeah. But you can see, like, I literally have mirrors all over my room, and part of that I really do think helps boost my confidence. Like, I kid you not, all over my room. Um, And I usually have that small one on my desk, and whenever I'm, like, feeling down about myself or, like, before a meeting, I literally talk into the mirror, and I'm like, you are incredible. You're gonna kill this. Like, you're gonna land the deal. You're gonna do great on the interview. Like, whatever it is, um, I hype myself up, and I think, a part of the lack of confidence is also like a lack of self um, self awareness and like like celebrating your wins. I think the other day, a friend of mine was really really upset about something, and I was like, "Dude, do you realize like how far you've come and like everything that you've accomplished? Like, why are you so upset at yourself right now? Like, I get that you're hurting." um and what can we do to change that like right like um just for some some more context this was a little more personal it was about you know somebody maybe she had an expectation in her head and then she met somebody and then it wasn't how it was gonna be but I was like um miss <laughs> if somebody is not the number one like fan of you and somebody's not the president of your fan club when you're at least at the very least looking for somebody in like a partner, then you like, you don't want it. So why are you upset? Why are you wasting yeah. tears? Why are you wasting your energy feeding into this like idea of something that didn't work out? Like get over it. Let's go find the right, let's go find the right. Like let's go, let's go set ourselves up to be more confident in, in our journeys. There's literally no reason to be upset if something didn't work out in the same way of like, don't take it personal. Right. Like the same way, something didn't work out for you. Like somebody else could get really upset about it or they could just move on. And that's what like, sometimes people I think who are cocky or like full of themselves get because they don't, they don't care what other people are thinking. They're just living their life. And that's like, <laughs> that's why. no, I, I get it too. All the time. People are like, how how do you just not like give a fuck how do you have your like your stuff together all the time I'm like you think that I actually do like <laughs> wow okay um but I don't and I'm transparent about that but on the, on the note of just you know like being confident like if if a friend isn't going to support me how I need like thank you I love you goodbye <laughs> um yeah. same thing with like a partner like thank you. I love you. Goodbye. I always say that. Um, my, my dad always tells me this kind of mantra. What is it? I think it's like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Um, and whenever something is sad or I need to apologize and humble myself, that's kind of what I do. Um, whether that's something that I'm messing up in my business personally, I look in the mirror and I say that to myself or if that's like a situation that I kind of need to journal out or I need to talk about with a friend. Um, I, I try to handle it that way. And when you do that, you're, you're saying, you know, thank you. Like, I, I I'm sorry, please forgive me here um, for whatever I messed up about. And then you're saying, thank you for them having <laughs> the respect to forgive you. And, and I love you because I think um, as like emotional creatures, unless, you're like a sociopath or psychopath um you should have the ability to love um and to feel love and emotion and I'm also like a very empathic person so I can pick up on people's energy and stuff like that so just like I know the 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 uh weight words hold especially in this like digital world that we live in and I think just having more compassion and empathy for people and like saying how much we love them and like also holding space for them to either like, express their feelings politely, respectfully, um, is is really important right now.
0: Satan, I call that emotional control, right? And I'll give an example. So, I had a softball game this past Sunday, and then then I have a question for you also. And so, one, one of the guys made a suggestion to the captain that the captain, he's a little spitfire. And so, he, like, kind of snapped at him a little. And... You know so he he started he's, he comes up to me he's like, I don't I don't feel comfortable. he's like, I'm, I'm gonna leave. And I was like, remember what we spoke about the other day I was like, because like he confided in, in me about something personal and I said, remember what we spoke about the other day it's an emotional control. I said, if you leave this game, you just handed them your emotions. Mm. And I said, don't I said, don't you give that to them I said, you are in control of yourself. So they yelled at you take the L, you know, be, be a, be a man and just stay here. Right. I know pe- people hate that saying be a man, but damn it, we're men. That's what we do. <laughs> right. So it's like, be a man and you stay here. And then he had messaged me later. He's like, no, thank you. Thank you for that. But just some, just sometimes people need people like us. Cause it sounds like you have emotional control, which is great, but not everyone else does. So, you know, so like, yeah. so when these things are happening, like with with your friend, it's like, so this person doesn't want you. Why, why are you letting him live in your head? Right. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Don't let people live in your head rent free. Yes. Um, this is <laughs> a, this can go for friendships too. Like, I'm yeah. always like, what did I do wrong to make this this person like not want to be my friend? Or like for me, I just for some. Context here like with my chronic condition not every friend can handle that and again I took it very personally at the time um but then I let all of the fights and like I let that person in a way or those people live kind of rent-free in my head of like what did I do wrong here like why are they not liking me like what's going on and instead I shifted my perspective to again like I'm sorry please forgive me thank you I love you like goodbye (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cuz don't forget the goodbye at the yep, end of it sometimes right. um, <laughs> and and those people i i again still have like a place for them in the memories that we had and like all of the friendship that we did share but at the same time if sometimes people are so insecure and uncomfortable with themselves that seeing somebody in their circle or like their partner or their friend succeed makes them insecure and uncomfortable. And that can also be really damaging to the relationship again, because of projecting and like you're saying, emotional control. So for me, I'm cool. I just, I get myself out of there. If a friend can't handle it, like that's their problem. And again, like I, I, it's hard. Like some friends are so excited about the things like the same way. Like I, I like to tell people like, I'm your number one hype person. Like you can come to me, you can confide yeah. in me. Like mm-hmm. I'm also gonna hype you up. Like my friend told me, oh my God, I'm writing a book. I'm like, that's amazing. Like go off, like I'm writing a book too. And she's like, that's amazing. Like we're in this journey together. We're writing our books together. Like it's, it's awesome another friend of mine is like going to USC, um, she was recruited by the the naval division to go to USC and I'm like oh, nice. that's amazing like go off like that doesn't change my experience of being a master's student there at all she's like oh my god you're getting your master's that's amazing you know and there's people out there who will be happy for you regardless of your wins um, and when my friends are low on themselves and they have to remind me this too you just got to celebrate your wins and you got to, yes, like you, all the the negative things that have happened to you or like shift your mindset. What's the redirection there? How can you, how can you, I don't want to say make light of it, but what was the lesson learned so that you can move forward? Um, People also say that thing about like, you know, you need to fail to succeed. And I am a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. Um, While you also have to, I think, adjust your expectations as to what failure means because sometimes you may fail and failure may be related to monetary uh kind of situations it may be in relation to like a campaign it may be in relation to numbers um on social media but I think if you shift that to like what about like the amazing content that you're making and like I When people always tell me like, oh, but y- you know, I need like 10k followers. I'm like, no, you don't. Like what? Are- if you have like 10 people, that's like you're speaking to a college seminar. If you have or, or a college class, if you have 100 people, you're speaking to a full lecture, right? If you have a 1000 yeah. people, you're speaking to like a pretty big local event, and so on and so forth. So yeah. I think if some people are just insecure with like their numbers, just remember like the impact that you are making at the very least over a handful of people, you know.
0: Exactly. Um, all right, got a, got a couple questions here for yeah. you. Yeah. One, how important would you say it is to plan your career to the letter as opposed to doing what's trending?
1: Oh, well. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask this because I quit my nine to five in January, uh, three weeks after graduating college. So um, yeah, I don't really know if I'm the right person to ask this, but I personally know that I need to like, I need the creativity and the freedom to explore that myself. And I'm confident knowing that I will make enough this year um, and also like make what I'm worth. In, in that time, I felt very, um, I actually don't think I ever really knew what I wanted to to do um, with my creativity. I, at one point, wanted to do digital marketing, creative marketing, then it was creative production, then it was social media, then it was photography again, like, cre- like, it just bounced around. And I think it also depends on, like, your experience and how willing you are to, like, just go out and get it. Like, some people would complain to me. So, I also, just to give you some more background, I'm the kind of person that applied to over 100 internships each semester. Like, wow. I was not stopping until I got an internship. Um, the first year, well, I had a student, two student jobs at USC, and then I also applied for all these internships. I had interviews, and I ultimately was, like, the middle of May, and I didn't have an internship, and I was like, what is going on, like, what well, I'm so qualified. Like people would tell me, Oh, you're overqualified for the internship. Mm-hmm. We don't think there's a margin to really learn here. And I was like, Okay, then hire me as a temp. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> but but they couldn't do that because of their financial things. But then an internship came at the right time, like the middle of May. I got an internship. Um, in the fall, I um was doing a my student job is my internship like full-time and on top of school and then after that i kept applying and i got internships for the spring and the summer back to back um and then i got another internship after the one was canceled for spring because of covid and that was a six-month thing and then i got another temp job and that was the one i ended up quitting because they were like this could turn full-time and i was like absolutely not thank you very much though (laughs) um And I would just say that like, you can have a goal, and you can write it down. And you can either make it happen, or you can like, think that you want it to happen. Um, The same way that we talked about relationships before, of like, thinking about something in your head, and like letting this idea or this career live rent free in your head, like, if you're not taking action, then it's not going to ever happen. So if that means talking to somebody very wise, like Robert over here about your career or like your mindset and your self worth to get you in a place to achieve the career that you want to be in. And I think by all means do that. If that means watching YouTube videos, if that means listening to podcasts, like there's so many different like, uh, things that I think you can do to take action besides just applying to jobs.
0: Yes. I mean, to your point, taking action definitely is, is the number one thing, but To to directly answer her question, I would also add it depends on your personality type because, you know, there's there's leaders, doers, thinkers, feelers. So it depends Mm -hmm. which category you're in, because if you're a leader, that's someone who's organized, who likes structure and rules and things of that of that nature. So if you're that type of person, then you would want a firm plan. If you're someone like me, I just hired a publicist yesterday to to pitch a program that I haven't created yet. <laughs> so it just it just depends on what type of person you are. And uh she has a second question here, which you can go first on this one. How do you determine your fee?
1: Uh self worth but also like if you take it down to like granu granularly granular am I saying that right? <laughs> granularly. Um, Again granularly. Oh my gosh. So you gotta you gotta take it back. So say like, okay, I want a hundred fifty thousand dollar salary, right? Okay, what does that equate to monthly? What does that equate to weekly? What does that equate to hourly? And once you get that number, um, you have to leave a buffer to negotiate and see what the flexibility is. For me, I also determine it based, again, on my my hours and the amount of work that I'm doing. So sometimes I'm like, okay, if I'm doing an eight-hour thing, like I need to be paid X because that's just what I need to fit into my yearly budget. Um, it's as simple as that, but it also comes down to self-worth. What do you think that you're worth when you're freelancing? You have to declare that. Um, the nine-to-five lifestyle is not as flexible.
0: Yeah, and I think too it depends on when. When I went to my speaker boot camp with uh, Eric Thomas's team, this question came up, and <laughs> Cantus, he was one of the instructors. He says, "How much are they willing to pay?" <laughs> you know, so he's, he's like, "What? What you don't want to do is set your bar too too low." So in the in the uh, in the program, they say, you know, if you haven't gotten Speaking engagements yet? Then you you'll, you'll want to start at twelve fifty. No, what one thousand two hundred fifty right. for for paid gigs. So I told my publicist. She's like, "What do you, What do you want to start at?" I said five thousand. And then she's like five thousand. I said yes. I said because if I start at twelve fifty, they're going to whittle me down to seven hundred. I said so. If I start at five thousand, I might get three. You know, I yeah. might get I might get people who will pay five. You know, right, so I right. I'd rather shoot shoot higher, and then you just pitch to, to the right places that that would have a budget for that. You know, like yeah. a local a local high school probably wouldn't pay me five thousand dollars, but Boston University might.
1: Right, right, right. You know? Absolutely, yeah. It's all about your self worth and also like declaring what you're worth.
0: All right. So what's the next steps for you? You said you next got a book step. on the way and a in a in a show yes. that you really can't talk about.
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. I I do have a show coming out mid-July. So keep a lookout July. for that. Okay. Um, and yeah, I have a book coming out probably next summer. I'll have it in my hands or next spring by April, hopefully, or July, maybe. Who knows what day I will get it. But sometime next spring, summer. Um, and it is going to be kind of about like chronic illness in college. So I'm really excited about that. More to come. Um, and I'm just gonna keep working on working on things over here. I think I'm gonna also be releasing some new like guides and things like that in the future. So nice, That's yeah.
0: Awesome. And you you said that you you have a publicist, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, All right. Because yeah. um, I can I, cause I can c- connect you you guys with with some people too that that I've had on here that yeah is, that would would be good for you to share your story on those. Those oh, yeah,
1: that would that would be fantastic. I love networking and uh, things like that. I I love meeting new people. So anytime anyone wants to reach out to me, you all have my email. It's in my Instagram bio or it's just gg at gg You can send me an email with an inquiry and I will get my team looking at it and we'll just schedule our time. But thank you so much for having me. This was great.
0: My pleasure. Yeah, and then you know when when your show comes out in in July, let's uh bring bring it back on. Let's talk about it because like yeah. I, I have further questions for you anyway. But you know, you can't can't go too far over time here. Yeah, <laughs> of
1: course. Well, thank you so much. I hope you know you have a great rest of your week, great rest of your day. Thank this you. was a fantastic conversation, um, and it was so great to meet you.
0: Nice meeting you as well. <laughs> thank you, appreciate it.
1: Right,
0: thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, So that was Gigi. So if you tuned in late, make sure you go back and watch the rest of the episode. The great conversation as always. And so she's got a book coming out next year. She has a show coming out mid July. Her website is right here on the screen. dot Robinson.com, you know, look her up. Like I said, she talk, talks about a lot of really, really awesome stuff. So you definitely want to reach in and join her circle. All right. And I thank her again for giving us the time to come here and share her story. So I will be back tomorrow with, I forgot who's here tomorrow, Mike. It's going to be another awesome conversation. So join us live at 11 or catch the replay. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.